Alright there, how are you? I am Dom O'Neill and you are listening to Mind Your Own Business. Right here is the show who teaches you how to leave the 9 to 5 and succeed in your own business. Uh, And what we're talking about today uh, is a relatively important thing, something that's becoming more and more important as the years go on. Uh, It's dealing with freelancers. You might well be a freelancer yourself. You might well be self-employed. You might well be a small to medium-sized enterprise. However, if you have a splurge of work, which is is always good when it happens, uh, but you can't do it all on your own. Obviously, you don't want to hire full-time staff if there's peaks and troughs in your work. So freelancers are absolutely perfect uh, for filling in those gaps where there's loads of work happening. So on today's show, we're finding out how to succeed when you're working with other freelancers. Mind your own business. Tune in, turn on, opt out. In the studio right now, I've got Ed O'Neill from English in Newcastle. Ed, how's it going, man? Yes, not too bad, Dom. Nice to be on the show again. Cool, man. So who are you and what do you do for those who don't know? Well, my name's Ed. I head up a language school in the northeast of England. Okay, cool, cool. And do you use freelancers a lot for that? Yep, all the tutors that I use are freelance tutors, um, so they're on sort of contracts for services, yep, yep. Okay, so on today's show we're finding out uh, if you've got a creative business, or even if you're a sole trader but you need a little bit of extra help, uh, why would you use freelancers, Uh, how do you use freelancers, Uh, what are the downfalls and maybe the top tips, Uh, so we'll start off Ed, Uh, why use freelancers? Well, it's very, very flexible for my company um, because we don't really know when there's going to be work coming in. If somebody makes an inquiry on the website or if somebody gives me a call, they often want lessons at short notice and things. Um, And I can't really guess how many lessons they're going to want or or whether they're going to want an intensive course or a less intensive course. So it's really flexible and it means that I can essentially call a tutor up and say there's this work going, there's these hours going. Um, can you do it, yes or no? If they can't do it, it, it doesn't matter. I can find somebody else. If they can do it, great. I can pay them for that particular chunk of work. So it's really flexible in terms of what you can offer. Yeah. And, uh, from an employer's point of view, it doesn't stick you into a contract uh, of employment where you, you have to find them work and you feel obliged to find them work, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, so it's having kind of a pool of freelancers quite a handy thing rather than just having maybe one or two. Yeah, definitely. The, the, the pool of freelancers is great. And if you can get a network of, for me, I have a network of tutors mm. um, and people who I can call upon um, actually in all areas. I've got somebody in Basingstoke, which is down in the south of England, in Hull, which is further down in the east of England. Um, and it's really good to have this network of people who are available if needed. Um, but not necessarily relying on you 100% for their income. Um, and I think that gives it a lot of flexibility for um, owners of businesses and people who employ people on a project basis or a mm. sort of freelance basis. Yeah, because a lot of us in the freelance, kind of in the media, creative industry and the arts are on freelance basis. There's times of the year when literally there's enough work to just support the one person who owns the business. And then there's other times of the year where you could be employing up to 50 people. For example, if you're making a a drama or some kind of TV show. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this last couple of weeks um, in in our company, in English in Newcastle, we've done um, a few like intensive courses. So I've had to take on um, four or five new freelancers um, to take on the work. And we've had a good chunk of hours the last couple of weeks. Um, And what I've done is I've signed them up on contracts just for the two weeks. 
Um, so there's no obligation for me to extend the contract. And again, they also understand that they're going to have to find another income after the two weeks. Um, so the summer, generally now we're speaking in the summer and this is our busiest time. And that's when I need to call upon people on this freelance basis, the sort of flexibility. You say that obviously it helps with the flexibility of your business. It also obviously helps with the money of your business. If you've got a busy month, for example, and you've got lots of money coming in, that's great. It means you can pay to have the staff there. And if you're not busy, obviously, you don't have to pay to have staff on downtime, which can sometimes be quite an expensive business. Uh, what are the other benefits then of hiring freelancers? Um, the flexibility that it gives you, I think, is the biggest thing. And like mm. exactly like you said, if there's a quiet time, then you basically like don't have to pay them and you don't have to worry about whether they've got work or not. How about stuff like insurance as well and your liability? Are you liable for them or is or are they liable for themselves? They're liable for themselves, which is another fantastic thing um, in terms of like basically like um, if they have any kind of accidents and things like that, I mean, that doesn't touch wood, that never happens. But if that were to happen, then um, as an employer, I don't need employer's liability insurance or anything like that if they're going to work on site. Yeah. So that, that helps. Um, things like holidays, sick pay, all that kind of stuff doesn't come into it. Pensions don't come into it. So in terms of my administration, I don't have to worry so much about that. Uh, as an employer, that's where I benefit, but that's also where the freelancers, um, unfortunately, don't benefit. Yeah. Because they don't get a solid pension. They don't get... Um, the, the sort of like steady income and they don't get hol- the holiday pay and I don't know whether that's fair or not but that's the, that's how it works you know yeah yeah um, and I think not having holiday or sick pay and things can make it quite hard for a freelancer yeah yeah it is a tricky kind of situation because you know especially kind of in the arts and the media at the moment the money isn't necessarily always there uh, and you know, and I know a lot of production managers and producers who are very good people. Uh, but budgets are so tight, you know, they can't afford to pay sick pay and what have you. And legally, they're not necessarily entitled to. Yeah, I think I, I don't know um, whether it's you're probably a bit more sort of um, knowledgeable about this than me. But I, I mean, I don't do this. But a lot there's probably a lot of exploitation. There in, is in some parts. Yeah, yeah. in yeah. terms of. Well, I don't have to pay sick pay, so I'm not going to. I don't have to pay any holidays, so I don't have, so I'm not going to. I'd like to think I'm a very nice person, mm. um, so I've got to be nice to all my um, freelance teachers because if I'm not nice to them, they won't work for me. Um, yeah, I'll find somewhere else to work. Um, whereas with employees, you're kind of stuck into a contract and you come in for a nine to five. So if you're a nasty boss, mm. people put up with it. Um, if you're because there's the longevity there, isn't it? You know, yeah, you're you're getting money over twenty five years. So it's like, oh well. Yeah, I mean, you've got... just part of the course, isn't it? You, exactly. I think that's with em- employees sometimes probably find that. They just think they don't really like their job. They go to their job because they have to. Um, if you're self-employed and you're freelance, the, you really can. You can call the shots in a way. Um, I mean, obviously, you have to make a bit of money. And so you, sometimes yeah. you have to do things that you might not want to be doing. There's some industries where people, you turn up, you do your nine to five, you work five days a week, you get whatever holiday. And that's absolutely expected. I sometimes talk to people... And I explain what I do and explain that I'm freelance and they don't fully get it or fully get why I do it and what have you. Mm. If you're trying to get new staff, do they are they all quite used to working as freelancers, I suppose, is my question. Oh, that's um, it's, it's kind of 50-50. There's a lot of teachers who have come out of um, the education system 
Um, we've had people who have done work for us who've worked, in, for example, in the United States University system at Harvard University, for example. Um, we've had people from uh, who was somebody who worked in the uh, Havana State University in Cuba. Um, so we've had a lot of people who come from a, an employed background. And those people who are possibly a little bit older and used to the employed way um, can find it a little bit tricky working as self-employed. Equally, younger people who expect to have a job in terms of employment um, also can find it a little bit tricky. However, there's a lot of tutors who are fairly comfortable with self-employed working. And I've found that the last couple of years, I think people are more accepting of being self-employed and they understand that there's not really any safe, secure job for life anymore and, and they have to sort of find their money in a different way in, in a sort of, you know, working as a self-employed, you know, sort of so, auctioning off your hours for, yeah. for, for money, basically. So there are, if in, in your view, in kind of the area where you are, people are getting a bit more used to having multiple income streams then. Yeah, I think that people are used to having multiple employers as well yeah. uh, and, and people who are basically finding them work and, and they're having to organize their times times around um what availability there is and they're not expecting to have 20 hours a week solidly from one employer yeah um, so there's a lot more of that in the last few years that's sort of turned up a lot more yeah so if, if, if you're looking finally just to sum up if you're looking to hire self-employed uh, people or freelancers, kind of what are the three top tips which you need to keep an eye on? Tip number one, I would say keep an eye on the quality. Um, less on the price it costs, um, more on the quality. Look at the value that they're giving, they're giving to your company or project or production or whatever it may be. Um, that's the number one rule, really. Um, number two, hiring freelance, I would say be nice. Be nice to them. Um, if you develop a network over time, you might need them again. Um, they might know somebody else who can do something. Um, I had a situation the other week where um, I run out of options for a teacher. A teacher had let me down at very, very short notice, and I had absolutely no options left. Somebody emailed me that day and said, um, have you got any jobs going? Uh, I said, yeah, there's one on Monday. Do you want to start on Monday? And he said he couldn't do Monday, but he had a friend who could. So luckily the friend um, emailed me back straight away and I met the friend and he was an absolutely excellent quality teacher. Um, and so he was able to start on the Monday. So being nice to the first guy meant that he recommended his friend who was also a good teacher. So I managed to get that in. So probably number two would be be nice. Hmm. Um, number three, the third sort of tip in hiring a freelancer would be um, sort of build your network. Um, if you've got like runners or teachers or trainers or um, graphic designers or whoever you're using as a freelancer, try to build on the network that you've got so you can engage them at any time and any place. Um, I think that's a really key thing. Mm, mm. That is excellent advice to end on. Thank you very much to Ed O'Neill from the NE Language Project. Remember, you can hear this episode back and in fact all of our episodes back at myobshow.com. Yes, all the podcasts live there at myobshow.com. I'm Dom O'Neill. You've been listening to Mind Your Own Business. Mind your own business. Tune in, turn on, opt out.